prison, politics, and Diego Luna. I couldn't think of a third P word. <laughs> and and Game of Thrones. How will we get to that? We'll see after the jump. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Kenobi! Rebellions are built on hope. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. Never tell me the odds. Well done. You're a rebel now. Hello there, Rebels. Welcome to Reckless Rebellion, the podcast with enough chaotic energy to fuel a Death Star. I am your rogue leader, electrifying force-sensitive native to Niamos, Thomas Carter Rochester, and I am joined by the greatest mind the Rebellion has to offer. Up first, our master of chaos and pod racing enthusiast, King of the Hoth, the Klein Felt. Thomas, Klein. the very worst thing you can do right now is bore me. Welp, we're fucked. Scarif native and Anakin's favorite Padawan, Jack Sunville. Pews! Pew, pew, pews! I can't beat that opening line from Klein, so I will just say hello, and I'm excited for the podcast. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, today is November 2nd. <laughs> <laughs> Good for uh, you, Jack. Yeah, okay. Thanks, Jack. High fives all around. Yeah. Good to have you back, kids. Uh, today is November 2nd, 2022, and Andor is back. Andor Candor episode 9? I believe we're at an hour. Supreme leading topic. Oh, yeah. And we will cover the latest galaxy news in the Rebel Report and Tales of the Jedi. Yeah. In a currently unnamed segment. But before all of that, let's check in with the smartest. Execute order 66% of this podcast. We're just, I don't even know why I ask this every week. Fellas, how you faring in your part of the galaxy? Let's be honest. Klein Hoth report. Oh, it's cold. It's funny because I was on another podcast today. You can look for that. I can't say what it is right now because we're recording before embargo, but I guess this will probably come out after embargo. Anyways, I was on a different podcast today and they opened and someone started talking about the weather and they said, remember so-and-so we have one rule in the podcast and that's no weather talk. So, and I laughed. <laughs> I was like, Dude, if you only knew, ah, uh, yeah, it's cold. It's um, two mm. degrees Celsius here today. Jesus, so fuck. that's that's really freaking cold. Um, that's like right around freezing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jack is doing the calculations He's doing the math. right now. I'm gonna call um, 36 degrees. We're supposed to get holy snow. shit, Thomas. It's yeah. 35.6. Good yeah. job. We're supposed to get snow coming up like early next week, so I'm not looking forward to that. Um, more so, I'm fine with snow when it's on the ground. I just hate driving in it, and like I really just want to quit my job so then I never have to leave the house. And then mm-hmm. I can just like sit here and not have to drive in the snow and I can look at it from and here Mountain and be like, Dew. yeah, dude, we're doing the do tonight, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Klein's cocaine is basically what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. That is true. <laughs> I was such a little kid enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a mouthful of do. I apologize. It's the, the, Mickey the devil's nectar, yeah, man. Yeah, Let's yeah. go. Kind yeah. Uh, Jack, Jack, how you, how you doing, bud? How's Scarif? It looks nice over there i guess it's 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 warm it was 80s mid 80s and fahrenheit you were also on another podcast today eh? i was yeah, traitor I'm, i well at least i'm here 
on this one as well. He was on um, another Star Wars podcast too. That's awful. That's, true. that's like that's like cheating on your girlfriend in the office she works in. Like, come on, buddy. But is I the at least took it okay elsewhere. with it. Is the girlfriend okay with it? Uh, you are the girlfriend, Klein. And I'm undec- undecided. <laughs> okay, Bruce Banner. Okay, as he chugs some Mountain Dew. <laughs> I haven't been invited to join in yet, so. Ooh, that's fair. That's sad. It is true. Um, even, wow, Klein, you really don't get invited back there, do you? I've been on a couple times. He's this got some controversial podcast. takes, and I think they're a scared of Klein <laughs> blowing shit like up. I have They need to get takes. you on for DC. The James Gunner. That's why I thought with all this news that's been coming out, I'm like, oh man, my time is coming up. I'm growing a mustache for him. I'm going to be there when my mustache is nice and filled in. Um, I'm going to look just like Miles Teller in uh, Top Gun Maverick. That's what I'm telling myself. And (laughs) I thought with all the DC news popping off, I thought for sure, for sure they were going to invite me on. Not a peep out of either of them. Hey, Klein, I'm going to be a snob right now. I'll put in a good word for you. Don't worry. Thanks, Jack. <laughs> I haven't even... Uh, does, is David alive? I haven't heard from him in yes. weeks. <laughs> Barely. He's a basketball he coach. That's that's the issue. Yeah, basketball season started. Life update for David. He's he's now coaching. Tryouts have happened. He's there. He's he's missing I miss shows. tryouts? You miss tryouts. <sighs> I think you still have time. It's only two, w- w- Wednesday. It's Wednesday. You got time. Uh, you can fly down know. to you can fly down maybe, to somewhere in between the yeah, maybe this and, isn't it just isn't my year maybe next year you know yeah, yeah. i think they I, I think like they, they have can, enough six foot five kids you know it's it's middle school <laughs> i've been called deceptively athletic before <laughs> deceptively <laughs> i think we've had that story on this pod also <laughs> I, can, um, I feel like i'd be a valuable asset yeah i mean yeah put, put i you down I, low man where I'd put you it. down low to be six foot five. Yeah, just throw him the ball. He, he can. He's basically Taco Fall to them. Tell me more about basketball, Jack. You just you just throw terms around. You're like, oh, throw the ball, go down low. Dude, you know. I know basketball. Come on, oh, now my dad. Okay, lo- I, my let's dad was my basketball. Some, coach. Let's talk some hockey. St. Louis oh. Blues. That's all I got for you. <laughs> Oh, all I it's that was on the ice. It is just on ice. like the lion. No, it's King. not. It's on wood. You idiot. Just like Rogue Squadron. Back to Star Wars. <laughs> Nailed it. What a beautiful reference. Let's go ahead and jump right on into our Rebel Report. News, 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 I don't like that Klein was just questioning my sports knowledge. All right. Look, my sister's wedding is this weekend. I'm kind of in hibernation mode until that. I'm sorry I didn't throw the proper term. You're not the one getting married. I'm in the wedding. There's a lot going on. What does that mean? You're in the wedding. You're not going to, you're not your sister's best man. Like, I'm a groomsman. Oh. Yeah. You're going to get a little suit, a little tuxedo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody. The genre of the upcoming Disney Plus show, Ahsoka, has been revealed, and Jon Favreau hinted at a Mando Season 4 crossover with Skeleton Crew, among other series. In an interview with Entertainment Weekly at D23, Star Wars creatives Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni talked about the future of the franchise and what the upcoming Ahsoka series will be like. Favreau was quick to talk about John Watts' upcoming Skeleton Crew as well, mentioning how it, quote, focused on young people 
and that he convinced the director to give it an official pitch while they were both working on Spider-Man No Way Home. He continued, quote, you know, you have Andor that is intrigue and a thriller. You have adventure with the Mandalorian, you know, samurai adventure with Ahsoka. So to have this young Amblin feeling movie with young people seeing it for the first time who grew up in the Star Wars world and are exposed to adventure, the puppets, the costumes, the visuals, the world that's being expanded upon. And now I get to write the next season of Mandalorian with all these new characters and new locations and new creatures. So it just keeps adding more and more. And so where this is a long sentence where there's this cohesive group of stories that are being told thanks to all these filmmakers that are contributing. So, guys, Samurai Adventure with Ahsoka and crossover with, it seems like, the entire Mandoverse, possibly, in season four. Uh, Thomas, let's go to you first. You seem very excited by this. I, I am very excited. We all know that Dave Filoni's greatest strength as a writer is samurai stories. I mean, that is exactly... We, we got samurais in action in The Clone Wars. We basically got multiple samurai stories inside of Rebels. If anybody has ever once in the history of life since last Wednesday watched Tales of the Jedi, you know damn good and well that's nothing more than samurai stories. The rise and fall of samurais or Jedis, you know, pick your poison. And I think the fact that Ahsoka, hint, hint, is going to be a wandering jet, uh, a wandering samurai, excuse me, is going to be a great. You know, it makes me more excited about this show because I think that's where his strengths fit. Um, if you watch the stuff he's directed in Mandalorian, they feel very samurai. They feel very, very uh, Western and samurai mixed together. You know, I mean, the Ahsoka episode is very much a samurai energy. Straight up down to how they did the the fight scene with, can't remember her name off the top of my head. Uh, and it ends with, Where's Grand Admiral Thrawn? Got his name in beautifully. Don't even have to reference him ever again, but I will. Uh, the the crossover though, that's intriguing. I feel like what they're doing is they're going to push a little bit further um, down this 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 little trap that they've built themselves into. Oh, I'm sorry, a trap they've built themselves into of sticking in this period, and they can either spark the trap and bring them all together before the big crossover event that we've been told is going to happen or they could let the trap sit there and wait and wait until the perfect time to snare it and bring them all together i'm hoping they let the trap sit and they don't have the big crossover until the event which has to revolve around Grand Admiral Thrawn, if you ask me. But, hey, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a blue man apologist. But if we're going to ensnare it too early, I think it pulls the Rise of Skywalker and just kind of takes the fluff out of everything. I mean, when's the last time we had a great Star Wars movie since Rise of Skywalker? I really Thank like you, Rogue Squad. Oh no! Uh, oh, the Taika Waititi. Oh mm, Ooh, no! What about the? It, what about the? What about the, the? The Game of Thrones trilogy. Ah, uh, we don't talk Ryan about Ryan Johnson guys. trilogy. Mm. Yeah, I will talk about that. It exists inside of the Knives Out universe. 
Oh, the Kevin Feige Star Wars movie? Oh, yeah, no, that one's not. Yeah. He's still going. It's kind of sad. I thought he would have ended like three projects ago, but I'm like, holy shit. There's so many. You want to know something, Jack? You want to know something? Yes, Klein also thought Lucasfilm would stop three projects ago, but they keep announcing shit. That's the sad truth. Klein, how do you feel about this crossover stuff with Mando Season 4, as well as uh, the genre for Ahsoka? I mean, the whole like samurai story idea, I think that that's like kind of it's funny because that's kind of what I got from like the first season of Mando. So it's I think it's going to be a pretty similar vibe. I hope that it is a little more cohesive than that first uh, season of Mando is because I know that a lot of samurai stories, especially samurai TV stories, can be kind of. I don't know very split apart episode to episode it is kind of like oh the great samurai goes to this village and fixes their problem and then he moves on to the next village there's not a ton of connective tissue there whereas i was hoping that ahsoka and i think it will ultimately be um will be a full like kind of what we're getting with andor where it is this it is one cohesive story it is this sequel to rebels um I've been excited for Ahsoka, but honestly, after watching Tales of the Jedi last night, I got even more excited for Ahsoka because I was just like, I just need more of this girl in my life. Like, give it to me. So that's cool. And then the crossover stuff, I expect that, honestly. I expect that these characters, and when they say crossover, I don't think it means that we're going to get this culminating event. Um, like, we're, we're going to get them all in a room before this culminating event, I guess. I think that it is going to be more where they are kind of dipping in and out of each other's stories. And I think Mando is going to kind of serve as that anchor point and people can kind of come in and out as they please or as the writers please. Whereas the Ahsoka will kind of Ahsoka show will be Ahsoka. It like the Mando will not show up. Um, and then you will have, I don't know, whatever comes next uh, out of the book of Boba Fett stuff. And, and it will be its own thing, but Mando will be the anchor point that which people can kind of dip in and out. Scooter Squad. Scooter oh, Squad, God. baby girl. Give it to I, me. I will say, I wouldn't be surprised if Mando Season 4 might act like an Avengers 1 or Avengers 2 before the Avengers 3 and 4. Like, you know, like Infinity War. No, no, in, no. You mean Captain America Civil War before Avengers 3. Sure, but I just mean like in terms of the crossover, like I just mean we might see our, the group of people that we're going to be like our main protagonists for this whole universe, this Mandoverse. Mm. We might see them come together, do like some kind of like relatively big mission, but the overarching culminating one as Klein was referencing, I think will happen later down the line. Um, just kind of getting everyone in the room together first. And you could have like a civil war type situation before you even get to that. It depends on how long they do want to wait. Before before we out. run away from like, do you, just quickly all around, how far away do we think this like big culmination thing is? <sighs> 80 more than years. more than five years away it's 2022 i would say the big culminating one god i want it to be a movie so bad uh <laughs> i don't think it will be i would i think they might i think they might um well i'm glad you have hope i'll say 2028 six years from now okay yeah thomas I, do you I, think it's close you just closer or further than five years over under five years I'll go. I'll take the under, um, mostly because they've they, they talked about this big crossover, 
and <clears throat> it was it was you know f- centered originally around Mando and Ahsoka and uh, uh, not re- oh Boba Fett. Rangers of the Republic New or whatever, mm. and Boba <laughs> yeah. Republic New, yeah, Pirate and, Moon. yes. Pharaoh, I whoops. So I was centered around all of these things, and they've sprinkled in Rangers of the New Republic stuff into Mando so far, and I have a feeling that they're going to do more with that. I mean, I absolutely want. Why can I never remember their names until five minutes after I bring them up, Captain? dude Phasma. from no um the 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 cool x-wing pilot that we see regularly um oh, I know the guy about. from kim's convenience name. thank you Ca- guy from kim's convenience yes uh i can't remember shadow canadian i forget yeah yeah um anyways anywho i i think it's going to be sooner than five years, but I, I so really so do I, no Thomas. Idea. You know, I don't think that's that that sounds that crazy. Okay, just because if you kind of look at it, like the way that I think of it, and the way that I think about the Marvel stuff, is it is kind of in waves. And right now, we are in the like the current wave of Star Wars television that we're in. It is Mando season three, Ahsoka, Acolyte, Skeleton Crew. And once we're kind of through there, that's kind of, I think we'll need another crest. And I think we'll get through those shows probably by the end of 2024. Okay. I think Does it's that possible, sound yeah. right? Yeah. So then, so then maybe 2026, 2025, do they do the big culmination thing? Like, cause I feel like that's a natural way to kind of the natural highlight of that next kind of peak like do we get a mando season four but before then or do or is mando season four the big thing yeah i i the only reason i said 2028 i'm not like it it was kind of difficult to think about because there are so many shows i feel like they're dealing with and then there's there's shows like acolyte that they have to figure out like the release schedule for but there was a rumor that went around back in 2021 i think that um the man, I don't know if it was the Mandalorian or the Mandalverse was supposed to run through at least 2027. Um, so I guess my question kind of is like, after the culminating event, do they continue with the Mandal? Like, what are the like, yeah. is, is Mando ever going to end? You know, like, I don't know like, what the Disney Plus like plan yeah. strategy looks like yeah. because when once Mando <laughs> ends, it is kind of like you, you've lost this anchor. Like, right. it does they feel look, like it, it, it does kind of, right? Not so. John Favreau, that's for sure. Listen, do they look like they have a plan? Do they look like a company with a plan? John Favreau and Dave Filoni do. Yeah, well, they're not the company. Sometimes the best plan Dave is, is having no plan. <laughs> He's an executive. I like the no plan idea, honestly. They seem to be doing great with that in the film region. They uh, should hire just, James Gunn. We are oh. so... Oh, that'd be amazing. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Uh, Jack, Jack, what's next? All right. Next up, guys... Apparently, Lucasfilm is worried about the next Star Wars movie. What? Yes. Shocking. Who would have guessed? <laughs> Puck Industry Insider Matthew Bellany reported that Lucasfilm's grueling development time for the next Star Wars film is the result of a culture of fear and indecision among company executives. There's a lot of like different quotes from his article spread throughout this. I'm just going to read it word for word that I got from the direct.com. Uh, Lucasfilm's internal mantra for new movies is getting it right. 
Again, shocker. An attitude wow. formed after the sequel trilogy's rushed development and production. The resulting trilogy was something Lucasfilm President Kathleen Kennedy elected to play safe, choosing fan service and franchise management over creative swings. Bellany writes, from jettisoning most of original writer Michael Arndt's ideas and essentially remaking A New Hope with The Force Awakens, to freaking out and bringing back director J.J. Abrams and the villainous Emperor for Rise of Skywalker after some fans complained about Johnson's mythology-busting choices in Last Jedi, choices that Kennedy had enthusiastically supported right up until she did it. A contributing factor in Lucasfilm's slow-moving development process is Kennedy's recognition that the next installment needs to actually be good. <laughs> oh, it's just, again, <laughs> shocking. It freezing. It's become a juggling act, though, as the movie needs to be different from the Disney Plus stuff, but also somewhat the same. There's an understanding that Lucasfilm needs to steer the franchise away from fan service, heavily depicted in the newest wave of projects. Most important is that the next film is rooted in what fans love about Star Wars and the need for high quality can't be overstated. Kennedy is looking to usher in a new era of Star Wars, but Lucasfilm's fear comes from having to be bold and outdo itself. Bellany continues, Disney essentially has to reintroduce Star Wars while Star Wars is also constantly on television. This is a very tough task or a very big hole she has dug, dug for herself, depending on your perspective. Far tougher than simply saying yes to these Disney Plus series. Um, I'll give my thoughts first. Again, duh. Like, I'm not shy. Like, the part, like, all these different reports we've heard and, like, the slow process on the movies, which I know has, you know, pissed off a lot of us and definitely David Thompson. Like, I've been okay with be for these exact reasons. Like, I want it to actually be good. I want them to take their time, make sure, like, at least they'll be confident in their decisions moving forward. Like, I don't want them to make another movie have people possibly hate it or be very loud about hating it. And then, Oh, we, we got a course correct. It's like, no, be confident in your, in a plan, come up with a plan, be confident in the plan, stick to it, make some changes that might be necessary depending on the reception and just go from there. Um, so, I mean, yeah, a lot of this stuff, I feel like a lot of us could have guessed, but Klein, we'll go to you first. What are your overall thoughts on this um, culture of indecision and fear? Well, film. you see, you see, Jack, it's it, it's fun to make jokes, but it's they've got a vision statement now. You see, before they were like, well, maybe what if we made films that Star Wars fans hate it? And what if we like made them that then to, for, so they weren't great? And now they're like, you know what? No, like mission statement number one, we need to make something that is good. We need to make something that fans will love. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> what? I'm sorry. Like I feel like every week, this every single week, we have a news story that is almost this exact thing, and it results in both you, Jack, me, and Thomas, all three of us, and David when he's around. Um, he's like an absentee parent. I do love him very much, though. <laughs> um, <laughs> all of us just kind of going, <sighs> just show us something. Like, like I don't like. I don't, these words are just words until they aren't words. Okay. So I'm just going to sit here and go, uh-huh. Yeah. Cool. Show me something like, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's easy as that. <laughs> like it's some of the stuff in here is like just crazy to read. I, I, I'm honestly blown away that this is like a, I like the, the line of the whole thing was Lucasfilm's internal mantra for new movies is getting it right. No shit. Like, 
that shouldn't just be for Lucasfilm. That should be for literally every single movie, TV, magazine, book, podcast, video any game, company, any creative like, endeavor. Yes. Like, no one should go into something and go, you know, I think this time we get it wrong. Like, yeah. Or, or you know what, what, guys? It's okay for the first few years if we don't get it right because, you know, we're still growing. It's this no reminds big deal. me a lot, we'll and this is going to be a bit of a tangent, but it is Star Wars related. This week, um, Electronic Arts EA announced a deal that they're going to be making three new Marvel games. And today it came out, and they said that just from their success with their time with the Star Wars IP, they thought it would be good to dive into the Marvel universe. And I don't know if either of you have so EA had the like exclusive license Battle to front. Star Wars games for a long time and every one of them except for one was troubled or garbage and it's like successful tenure with the Star Wars IP what's successful tenure you put out <laughs> Jedi Fallen Order which was really the only major success everything else was like meh or became good but came out trash yeah Battlefront <sighs> 2 I remember that I remember that fiasco, the pay to play to win or whatever it was. I um, bought Battlefront 2 too, and I'm not even a gamer. You bought, I didn't know Battlefront 2 2 existed. What? That's awesome, dude. That's where you Fuck dress you. up as Star Wars. They, they do ballerina stuff. Uh, I would weirdly play that. That's funny because uh, I am a dancer. I know. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't wear a tutu, but I am a tap dancer. Thomas, yeah. what, like, what do you think? <sighs> yeah, what do you make of this shit, dude? <laughs> Fear is the path to the dark this is side. Exhausting. Like and that's being a Star where... Wars fan is exhausting. <laughs> being a Star Wars fan these days is like being a Cowboys fan. You hope for the best. You pray every now and then you get a game. Okay, sorry, no. A week, being a series, a Star Wars and then all of a sudden you is fucking tank. Yeah. Oh no, no. Listen, we have great weeks as Dallas Cowboy fans. Those are the Mandalorians. Those are the, Andor. the rebels. The Andor. Andor, like spoiler alert for a review. Andor's not just the best Star Wars TV show around. It's one of the best TV shows on right now. Like, yes, we are. Yes. We are eating good. We have we are doing fine. We have Tales so of the Jedi, which we're about to talk about. It's oh just this movie stuff that is so like this is a movie franchise. I understand is, the TV. It should be yeah. supplemental to the movies. The Star Wars movies is making the playoffs and getting knocked out in the first round every fucking year because we don't know how to build a team with a coach who's damn good at their job. No, we hire yes men that are like, I've won a Super Bowl. Congratulations. That was over a decade ago. The game has changed. You're old. You literally got fired from a team with a great team. Shocking. However, comma, we're here. We're going to live in it. And to sum it all up, I don't care about this story at all. Like, no, this isn't like even you, like, like you said, this isn't news. Duh. No, it's not news. Here's what I think it is. I think it is them taking step one of, of that should have been steps. taken a decade ago. No. If you remember, do you want to oh, hear no, a fun no. fact about this not week? Thomas? Hold on. Hold on, Jack. 10 Jack, years ago climb. this week, Star Wars was bought by Disney. Oh my God, I did not. Wow, look at that. So here's what I was going to say. This is step one, admitting you've made a mistake. I think Which this they is keep them doing admitting, though. Yeah, I, well, you know, here they are admitting admitting the mistake actually. Like the real mistake is admitting it. Like or they're like, oh, well, we, we, we just, they don't want Star Wars movies every year. Wrong. They finally get it now. Make it good. Make it good. They will come. 
but I mean, here's did the you thing, watch, Thomas. Did they watch Top Gun Maverick? Thomas, here's the thing. I can admit a mistake. Oh, no, I murdered somebody, let's say. Let's say I went out on a killing spree. I killed people. I Whatever. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I killed someone. I won't do it again. That means nothing. Those are words. Actions speak louder. Instead of me me going, oh, yeah, I killed someone. I'm going to do this, this. I'm going to give the family, set them up, do this, this, and this. They're just saying, like, yeah, we made bad movies. We're going to make better ones. And it's exactly. like, that means nothing to me. To, like, is, to, that means well, nothing to me. You're may- crying wolf. Listen, this is what happens when you go to AA and and NA and all these, you know, the the steps, the steps to recovery, both in drugs and mental health. You got to take first step. I'm proud of them for coming out and saying we got to make it good because choosing fan service and franchise management uh, over creative swings uh, is, is just playing it safe. And they're understanding that they're getting it. They're getting it. If you watch every Star Wars movie since Disney's bought it, it's all been reactionary. It has been well. We messed this up. So I would say except maybe for the we'll first do two. This. No, except, I, di- except I disagree. For Force Awakens and Rogue I disagree. One. I disagree. How was they Rogue One a reaction? Listen, Force Awakens was a reaction to what? I think. Oh, I guess the prequels. The the prequels. They didn't like what came before, so we got to change that up. So now we're going to do it this way. Rogue One was, I mean, let's be honest, what we got out of Rogue One was great, but what happened in the middle was a reaction. They didn't like what they were doing, so they changed it out of fear. And they're like, well, this worked out great. It should work out on Solo. Look what happened. I don't, I love Solo. I have fun. It's high on my new rankings. It is not Rogue One. It is not Rogue One at all. There's nothing like Rogue One except Andor. My God, we're living in such a great time. Um, I I don't genuinely care about Star Wars movies because Star Wars movies don't exist in the future for me. And I mean that in the way of, if like you say, put it on the screen and I'll believe it exists. I'm at that point, Klein. Give me a trailer. Like show me a trailer of a movie a real movie that you go see in like a theater, like it's a movie movie. And then, then I will decide whether I have, instead of trying to sell me the idea of, of whatever this great thing that you you guys are crafting over there at Lucasfilm, because that's all we're getting is ideas. It is, it is a name and the word star Wars behind it. That's it. It is just Kevin Feige, star Wars or Taika Waititi, star Wars, or like those don't mean, those don't Star mean Wars. anything to exactly. Those don't mean anything to me. And, and uh, should we touch on the other headlines and then? Yes, jump we're gonna. Yeah, we're gonna jump, jump, jump around. We're gonna do buy or sell in that section. I forgot to tell you there, Klein. So uh, live production meeting. We're doing buy or sell next in these news headlines. But before we get out, of it, that's my favorite thing about what Taika has said in all these interviews. People are like he said he has an idea what's going on. He has no idea what he's gonna do with Star Wars. Wrong. I think, well, A, he actually not wrong. I mean, he genuinely might have no fucking clue what he's going to do in the Star Wars movie that he's been assigned or asked to be asked, asked to do. But even if he does have an idea, he's not going to come out and tell us. He's going to fuck with us. He's going to keep it mysterious. I think there's, I mean, again, like the, the closer and closer we get out from it, it's like, oh, you know, maybe he was straight up telling the truth because my favorite line that he said is, I don't know, it might be canceled. I haven't heard anything. 
And I think that's a very strong Thomas, definition of where Star Wars movies are Thomas, this whole thing has the vibe of, remember in high school when like you were throwing a party, maybe you didn't throw a party, someone would throw a party yeah. and you kept being, you would, you would like go up to like the really cool kid and you would be like, hey Dave, like want to come to my party? And he's like, yeah, sure. Like I'll come to the party. And so there's no confirmation that he's going to actually come to the party. But then you go to everyone else and you say, yeah, Dave's coming to the party. Like, that's what this feels like. It's like they went up to Taika and they're like, hey, Taika, you want to make a Star Wars movie? And he was like, oh, yeah, like, I'll get around to it. And then they're like, hey, guys, guess what? Like, we have a Taika Waititi movie happening. And like, <laughs> and, and they went, oh, hey, hey, Mr. Lindelof, you want to do a Star Wars? Oh, yeah, sure. When I find the time, guys, guess what? We have a demon. Like, the, it's just, and everyone, we're all sitting there going, man, this party's going to be awesome if it ever happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's never... Never, ever, ever, ever Jack doesn't know anything about that because he was the cool kid that people were like trying to get everyone else to come to see at the party. But it's been a really busy week in the world of Star Wars news. So like, I think we should just like tackle these other headlines very quickly, Jack. Yeah, we'll we'll go through it quickly. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a little segment called buy or sell. I think Thomas referenced it earlier. I'm gonna read a headline. I'm gonna pose a question or a statement, and I'm just gonna be like, guys, do you buy or sell this? Do you think it's going to happen? Do you, do you think it's this is going to happen by this date or or this is actually going to exist oh, in the Star Wars universe? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's get to it. Oh, it we really should do this for all of Lucasfilm's supposed projects at some point. It should be a second. Oh, my God. During, during a low week of Indiana Jones. Next, next week. Next week. We'll do it. Buy or sell on the game. All right. We have an Acolyte update. According to Bestman Bulletin, the Acolyte began filming last week at Shinfield Studios in Berkshire. If, Berkshire? If from, yeah, well, I was about to say, if you're from England, do you say Berkshire or is it Berkshire? I don't know. Berkshire. I think it'd be Berkshire, like, like Worcestershire. Okay. All right. Berkshire then. Um, filming is expected to continue at the UK studio until May, that would be May 2023, in time to debut on Disney Plus in 2024. Thomas and Klein, we'll go to Klein first. Do you think the Acolyte will release on Disney Plus by 2024? Oh, I'm buying. Yeah, I do. I think it is. I think that I think it's moving pretty quickly um, along, and they're obviously they're supposedly filming and this and that. Like, I think just timetable wise, it makes sense. It's going to go Mando. It's going to go Ahsoka. Those are going to be going to kind of the two live action Star Wars pillars. I guess also Andor next year, or no, Andor will be 2024. Season two? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Andor season two, 2024. I think that this would be a really good show to start 2024 with. Cool, I cool. believe I, I believe the, the the exact phrasing that you had was, do I buy or sell if Acolyte will be on Disney Plus by 2024? And I'm going to sell that uh, because grammar. And that's my only that's my only reason I'm selling. It's definitely going to come out in 2024. I'm intrigued to see where it does land. They're saying, um, you know, they uh, it's it's going until May. So then I give it, you know, about a year of post. Like that could be our summer show, and that could again, I like, like I said, I think coincide like a, like a Moon Knight slot, like yeah, a, like a well, March, April, I think, May. I think it might coincide with the end of Phase Three of the High Republic. Um, mm. or or maybe the beginning. I'm not quite sure. I believe and the announcement of another five Star Wars movies. 
Yeah, no, no. Let's just stick to the good stuff, like the books and TV shows, and then we'll go from there. Uh, I buy books and TV shows. I sell the movies, in case you were wondering right now, because they don't exist. Jack, what about you? You buy or sell? Yeah, I kind of. I may not have worded that properly. Um, That's okay. Come on, I, I'm just I, being. I, I'm new to this segment. No, no, no. But Thomas, you're right. Because I had I, when you said that, I thought about like, what the fuck did I say? <laughs> um. I buy this too. I think I, I do agree with Klein. I think it's a good way to kick off 2024, but I'm also interested because Skeleton Crew started filming this summer before Acolyte. Yeah. And then we also have Andor starting filming, I think, in November this year, or, or maybe I think they're about to we're start. In, we're so here. They're doing, they're doing it now? Okay. Um, so. Well, no, we're in yeah. November. If I think if if it's filming oh, that, fuck. like yeah, it's November. Yeah, 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 you're right. It's November second. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like October twelfth. Um, All right, Ralphie. <laughs> that's what people say. I look like Ralphie. I could see that. I had a social. Too, I had a social studies teacher who used to call me Ralphie all the time. Mr. Stacy, <laughs> what a weird I man. Just picture young class. <laughs> I once looked over at him. This was a history class teacher, and I once looked over at him. He was a young guy. He was bald. And he uh, was a weird, weird, weird guy. I looked over. We're ta- learning about some genocide or something. And he's shining an apple in his armpit, like mid-class lecture. And I was like, huh, that's a choice. Like, that's a that's a place to shine an apple. <laughs> that's, that's white <laughs> people. White yeah. people, man. Really. <laughs> really. Um, uh, back to the plot. Uh, 2024, <laughs> I'm, I'm very... I'm just curious to know when Skeleton Crew is going to come out because I think it will like, will they want three Mando verse Disney Plus shows to come out in a row with like Mando? Are we three, considering Sam, Skeleton Crew Mando verse? Yes. Klein, it was just in one of the topics we discussed about Mando season four crossing over with Skeleton potentially, Crew. Potentially. I don't it know is, if it's in Mando. It's the same timeline though. And they, the they've talked about it yeah. being all connected. So mm. it maybe not as soon as we mm. we predicted, but. Can I, I go back and change my answer to the first uh, t- news topic? <laughs> <laughs> no. So we're selling uh, Klein's original thoughts. Got it. <laughs> yes. We're selling those. Um, moving on to the next headline, guys. Making Star Wars is reporting that as it stands now, Lucasfilm is planning to drop the second and final trailer for The Mandalorian's third season on Christmas Day, a.k.a. December 25th. The poster will come a week or so before. Details about the trailer were provided by the outlet, but we will stay away from them so we can discuss further when the trailer actually releases. Furthermore, making Star Wars exclusively exclusively reported that The Mandalorian Season 3 will premiere on Disney Plus on February 22nd, 2023. Based on the eight-episode count of the previous seasons, the finale ought to debut on April 12th, 2023, which kind of uh, contrasts my initial thoughts and the fact that because Bad Batch came out is coming out in January, I thought they would push Mando to debut in April. But apparently they're going to coincide with their releases a little bit because Bad Batch is supposed to be 16 episodes again. Um, so, guys, I guess we'll start with the trailer. Very quick on the trailer. I, I, I feel like it's kind of easy. I have a question Man- really quick. Before we get yeah, to that. Thomas, go ahead. Have we seen the first trailer? Was that at D23? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't remember. I've they seen showed so it many at celebration. Yeah, it was a leaked version, and then D twenty three. I think they released at D twenty. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's it's a trailer with we saw like Bo Katan all like yeah. looking oh, scary right, yeah. and shit. I just, yeah. right. I just had to make sure I didn't have a stroke or something like Ulaf. Yeah. Oh, oh. You're, you're getting old. 
Um, but guys, really, w- w- let's let's do both of them really quick. Let's not dive into it because we got a lot of sh- other shit to talk about. Um, buy or sell that the Mando, uh, fi- Mando Season 3 final trailer comes out on Christmas Day. And then also, do you buy or sell that it's going to premiere on Disney Plus on February 22nd, 2023, which I believe would put it coinciding with Bad Batch releases? Thomas, we'll go to you first. Buy the first part. Okay. I'm going to uh, push the second because I don't fucking know. Uh, I guess buy. Mm. I want to sell it so Truth. bad because it is. W- Thomas is notably want- not a psychic, so I, I, I see where he's coming from here. Yes, I I, I want to sell it because, as I recall, they're going to move all the Disney Plus stuff to Wednesdays. But on Friday, like anything that was coming out on a Friday is going to still come out on a Friday. Mando was coming out on a Friday. However, comma, they tend to release the animation stuff on Friday, so it feels like we might be getting live action on Wednesday and animation on Friday, except for Tales of the Jedi, which I don't... I'm confused. Anyways, push, I, I, sell, I think whatever. if they... Okay, sell. We'll, we'll go sell officially for you. I feel like if they do coincide Bad Batch and Mando, then they will do that Wednesday, Mando, Friday... Uh, Bad Batch. I know they didn't. They didn't do it for Tales of the Jedi, but uh, like, I don't think you should have two Star Wars projects releasing on the same day. Like Tales of the Jedi worked because it was all all at once, you know. Um, but Klein, buy or sell the trailer released it. As much as I would love to wake up on Christmas morning, um, it was what's wrong, Thomas? You just had an explosion. Yeah, Bad Batch season two, January fourth premiere date. Yeah. Yeah, that's a Wednesday. Um, oh, okay, okay, okay. I hate this. So as much as I would love to wake up on Christmas morning and have all the presents under the tree and have a Mando season three trailer, I just, I think that's the, like, that's just a weird, you would have to have people working. Like the, that's, it, that doesn't mm. make sense logistically, I don't think. Um, I would love it right around there. I think right around there makes a lot of sense. And a February date, I think sounds right for, uh, for the series to launch. So I'm going to sell the trailer, but I am going to buy that it does come out in February. I do think that they, they simply just have to get stuff out and it's going to overlap. Things are going to overlap. Bad yep. Batch and Mando, they overlap. It is what it is. Cool. I'm going to buy both of these. No explanation. Move on. Uh, when speaking with nice. the Hollywood Reporter, Oscar Isaac stated that, yes, he would consider coming back to the role of Poe Dameron on Disney Plus or in a movie. Guys, buy or sell Oscar Isaac. I'll do this. Coming back to the Star Wars franchise in this decade. Buy. Buy, 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 buy. Just All like the, the Backstreet Boys song, right? <gasps> buy, buy, buy. Stock, 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 stock. On Poe <laughs> coming back. <laughs> um, Klein, how about you? Can I say, some- can I say something? Uh, I'm going to buy... But I don't think it'll be live action. <gasps> Ooh. I, uh, I just my, think it's I, I think it's really wet. easy. I think that would be a really easy win if just like yeah. you know what I mean? Like same it's similar to like the Liam Neeson Qui-Gon situation. Like it's a really easy win to just like have him what? show up in some episode somewhere, some animated series as Poe. So I think I'm Hey, you wanna know something? He's already done that too. Where? Oh, Resistance? Star, War- Star Wars Resistance. Resistance. He voices mm-hmm. himself. I'm, so it's I'm he voices Oscar Isaac? He voices <laughs> yeah, Oscar Isaac Dameron. is canon in Star Wars Resistance? Wow. That's right. Poe Dameron 
Does that mean Moon Knight is canon Oscar in Star Wars? Isaac. I maybe. Obviously. Um, just, to, just to be different, I'm going to go sell on this just because I feel like Oscar Isaac and John Boyega, I don't think either of them come back. I mean, the animation may be sure. Uh, that's actually a good point, Klein. But I don't think either of them will come back unless it's of the, the whole three, crew. Jack, just for you, of the three, yeah. who do you think Disney wants back the most? Because I, I think he would be the third on that list for Disney. Yeah, I would I would agree. I like cuz I feel like there's got to be people at Lucasfilm that like we got to give Finn some redemption. Um I'll I'll say Daisy Ridley though. Just just oh, because yeah, yeah. she I, I think I think the point the like the point I was trying to make is that I do think that as a company, as a as an entity, Disney and Lucasfilm, I think if they are weighing the options of bringing back Ray Boyega or yeah. Oscar Isaac, I do think Oscar Isaac is the lowest on the priority list. That's why I do think that an animated cameo might actually make sense because they will be like, oh yeah, like this is an easy win. We can just throw him in here. Fair. I also think the reason I buy it in live action uh, is because he seems to be the most willing to do it i mean he's talked about mm -hmm. it more about how he's he said more how he'd be willing to do it than everybody else mm -hmm. and if you want to set something after the rise of skywalker without diving into anything revolving around a skywalker ray and technically finn is there learning i mean in my mind tales of i mean uh lego star wars the holiday special is obviously canon so he's becoming a jedi same with the Anyways, I'm not going to go down that Lego rabbit hole, but I think he's the safest bet to bring back because you're not attaching yourself to anything revolving around Skywalkers or Jedi, and you can get a grounded story in the case of how we're getting Andor, but it's centered around Oster, Oscar Isaac. Maybe he'll finally make it with Haldo. Maybe. Maybe not. Jack Just like Jack. we all want. Where'd you get all these stories? Rumor has it you plagiarized. Did you? Mm. You wrote all these yourself, right, Jack? Like, you well, well, see, the guys, there's a thing here. There's a thing here. Did mm. I may have copied word for word every single one of these? Yes. Mm. But that doesn't matter if you cite your damn sources, in which what? this case, I cite the direct.com because they're fantastic. Mm. The people there are fantastic. New um, writing format, I hear. It, there is a new writing format. I, I heard about that as well, Klein. Um, for those that don't know, Klein, Klein is a is a kind of a big shot at the direct.com. He edits <laughs> all the time. He writes all the time. I heard uh, he runs the only, whole site. Only wrote 192 articles in October. Yeah, dude, I mean. No big deal. No big deal. But everyone, yeah, cite your sources, direct.com. Check it out. Check out the people there. Um, and that has been your Rebel Report. We're going to take a brief ad break so make sure you listen to our friends pods hi i'm leah and i'm bethann and we're she will rock you she will rock you is a bi-weekly podcast about rock history each episode we talk about an artist in their lives but we do it a little differently you see we noticed there was a lack of ladies hosting music podcasts so we wanted to fix it and here we are two badass millennial ladies talking about rock music our parents wouldn't let us listen to as a bonus you'll even get our beer recommendations at the end find us wherever you listen to podcasts and remember don't, don't do drugs and 
And we're back. We're going to jump right on into our next segment, Talking Tales of the Jedi. Right on in. There are no thoughts and feelings. There are only spoilers. So if Grand Admiral Thrawn could take it away for the Tales of the Jedi. This is Grand Admiral Mithron, you know, dog. And beyond this point lie spoilers. Proceed at your own risk. We get six episodes, very short, six shorts, excuse me, I shouldn't call them an episode. Six episode, damn it, did it again, fuck it, we're here. Ahsoka <laughs> gets three episodes, Dooku gets three episodes. Episode one is Ahsoka, it's her birth, it's her baby years, her first year, I should say. Then episode five is Practice Makes Perfect, it is a training montage that lasts for 16 minutes and rips your fucking heart out at the end and episode six is called resolve and it is i mean it rips my heart out in the beginning because it's got padme my queen my 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 goddamn wife padme amadala it's her funeral sad face and then we see the i'm gonna have to have jack jack dive into the difference between the book and what happens in the show later about the inquisitor situation of it all but that happens and we see her doing that stuff. But Dooku is basically Dooku and Qui-Gon go, and he almost kills a senator. And then Dooku and Windu go on a mission, and he almost kills a senator. And then the Sith Lord happens, and I just, I, 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 I'm going to be honest, right here, it's my favorite episode. Um, and I just got to say, I, I, I called it. I didn't mean to, but I did. You did. My bad, everyone. I, I was very upset. My and I disagreed was, with you too, Thomas. I know. Everyone <laughs> like, disagreed nah. with me. I was just throwing some shit against the wall and it accidentally stuck. Klein, what do you think about Tales of the Just t- talk to me about Tales of the Jedi. I've liked it's it's fun, bite-sized, supplemental Star Wars. Like I, I liked that it it it, it wasn't a hundred percent earth shattering. I did like the moments that we got. Uh, I think each one of those stories is great in its own way. They do all kind of live on their own, but then they also kind of pair up nicely if you just follow the Ahsoka stuff and you follow the Dooku stuff. And I really liked that they were supplemental content to a bunch of different things in Star Wars. I mean, almost all prequel stuff. I guess you could count like maybe Rebels or whatever. Um, But like I liked that episode four, as you're talking about, was a really, really cool like almost prologue to episode two and episode three was kind of this really nice like epilogue to episode i'm talking like episode one of the movies and and whereas episode four was like kind of a prologue of you're kind of just seeing like from Mm -hmm. a certain point of view of uh episode (gasps) two uh i do love the the deleting camino like that's (laughs) like that's so cool yeah um I really liked it. I thought it was fun and I want more like this animation style. The Clone Wars animation style for me, I think, is just it is amazing. It is so good Uh, and it looks better and better every time they put something out and like give me more of these. I'll take I'll take another. I I bang this thing out after dinner last night like is like 95 minutes or something. It's great. I liked it again. Not earth shattering, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. Jack, Jack, I'll let you dive in a little bit more after last week's very good tease. My God, what a tease it was. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Klein. I, I, I think all of these were great. Um, I will say, just to have a little negativity in here, because why not? 
Yeah, um, was, you need to knock us down a couple pegs, Jake. We've, we've been I too was, positive. <laughs> I was a little disappointed in the last episode. Um, really? The, Pat, the Padme funeral stuff, I think, was all of that was fantastic. So, so good. Like, I'm just I'm replaying it in my head, and I was like, it just, like, the same way Clone Wars Season 7, those last four episodes, just put you back in that era of the prequels and Revenge of the Sith and the tragedy of it all. It's just like, God damn, it's so good. But the whole stuff with her on the farm and the Inquisitor, oh, I, I don't know. It. I loved I, it. I like it. She takes that Inquisitor out like a little bitch. I was just oh, like, I this is it. awesome. Yeah, that was like, it was like, two, was, two, like three moves. It was moves so perfect. And- it was so perfect. Like, that's so fitting. She's a Sokotano. This is an Inquis- Inquisitor. Even though this is probably the most in- um, intimidating Inquisitor there's been, just in I terms of mask. look and voice, I do like the fact that he went out um, like an Inquisitor would. Just like, like Mark. Exactly, Thomas. Exactly. I think for me, though, I, the episode to me was supposed to be about her, like, you know, resisting the call to help and, and basically be a Jedi and be who she is. But then she gets back into it. I wish we saw a little bit more from her of like wanting, like, I would have loved for that moment when the stuff is falling about to fall on that guy if she didn't do anything and she saw mm-hmm. like the result of it and the result of her actions if she doesn't. It did feel people. like it did feel like a full arc, and it's merely just like the limitations of these little bite-sized things. It did right. that was one of the only ones that it did feel like a full arc in twelve minutes, right? Like it, mm-hmm. it felt like maybe we could have done a full thirty-five minute thing or forty-minute thing here, and actually gotten a bit more of an arc. Whereas when you have twelve minutes, you have four minutes to establish. Okay, she doesn't want to be a Jedi anymore. Four <laughs> minutes of her like. And then four minutes of her killing the um, the Inquisitor and saving the people. So like right. it, it, it was very fast. It, it was fast. Um, episode four. I mean, I said it last week. It's it's one of my favorite episodes of Star Wars television. Period. It's I think it's some of the greatest Star Wars ever. I'm not gonna lie. With the music, the tone of everything, the Klein kind of music it. throughout this whole series. Kevin <laughs> Kiner, the fact that he has not been put, especially since like Dave Filoni's kind of like in charge of stuff now uh, with the Manoverse. Like I'm shocked he hasn't been brought on to do a live action Star Wars project because he's he's done Clone Wars, Rebels, this like it's it's incredible. Um, but like yeah, Episode Four, the animation of it, like what I was shocked about Tales of the Jedi more than any other animated Star Wars show before is that I get so much more depth out of the characters when they're just standing there making faces because the animation has improved in like just so much over the years. Um, and yeah, I mean, I was episode four is just like, holy shit. The way they structured everything. Bryce Dallas Howard did a great job, um, voicing Yaddle. Uh, and want them to get into some of like obscure Jedi or yeah, yeah. It's tales of the Jedi. So yeah, obscure Jedi, maybe things that we hadn't even thought about possibly being in this television show before or seeing in star Wars. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna get more of these, um, and I think that this is just another cool bucket to drop Star Wars stuff into, and uh, like it for stories that maybe they don't want to fully flesh out in a season or or do whatever like that. They can tell these little, I don't know, they're just adventures <laughs> with a Jedi, which I, I think is v- very Klein. cool. Klein, I'm so glad you bring that up. You know me, I I want to talk about the Sith Lord episode forever. Um, I mean, there's so much to unpack there, but dude, I thought he turned Yaddle into jam when he threw that door down. I was like, there is nothing left like that. (laughs) There is no way that there's even a body to bury. And she what I love is her immediate 
immediate thing she does is goes right on into Obi-Wan's mm-hmm. uh, saber form. Um, mm-hmm. I love and then how that's the when the force theme starts playing, and yeah, that, the you know, starts, that's an easy win. The episode starts with adult Qui-Gon still alive. He de- deletes all the Camino stuff, and then he sees Qui-Gon. And then we fast forward a week, I think, and Qui-Gon has already died at the hands of Maul. So that's how intrinsically set up episode one and two really coincide, like how important the events are going on. It's something that a lot of people have inquired about. And when he goes off to fly wherever he's going after Qui-Gon's death, instead of going to the uh, to Tatooine, uh, Yaddle following him, they're playing Anakin's dark, like a version of Anakin's dark deeds. And for 16 minutes, I think, from the beginning to the end of the credits, I slap myself in the face like like I'm Kevin McAllister so many times that I had marks on my face. And my nephew's like, what are you freaking out about now? And I was like, they're doing it. Doing what? He's deleting Camino. And he's like, how do you know that? And I was like, just watch, kid. Just watch. I know stuff. Safe Adias, the clones. Exactly. And he killed his own friend. He's his best friend. What a fucking bitch. Sorry. Jack, go. He's a dick. No, it's okay. I just want to say Tales of the Jedi and Andor uh, both prove how good the prequels, specifically episodes one and two, could have been. Oh, yes. And I, I'll I, get more into that when we get to Andor. Um, but God, like, there's just so I did much find the young Dooku gave me serious Alan Rickman vibes, and I don't know why. It was mm-hmm. the voice actor and the that. look. I was yes. just very much, like, yeah. waiting for him to go, Harry Potter. Like, it just... I, it, is it weird that I, I felt the same thing? I felt he was more like Rickman than he was uh, Christopher Lee. Yeah, which I would have... You know what? I would have loved to have seen Rickman in that role. I do love Christopher Lee as Dooku, yeah. oh, but yeah, like same. I think Rickman could Rickman in Star Wars would have been really cool. I yeah, I just love the parallels of how a Jedi falls from grace and joins the dark side, and how very similar their emotions and actions are. Um, very different reasons that it occurred for sure, but intriguing nonetheless. But you were oh Jack, you have something? Oh, just real quick, I want to shout out the music again. Hmm. Um, Episode five, they play a piece when Anakin's talking to Ahsoka saying like, I want this to be challenging. I'm trying to help you. Like this is life and death, blah, blah, blah. Uh, They play a piece of music from Ahsoka Leaves is the title of the track, which is when she leads the Jedi Order in season five. I was was struggling to figure out what that piece of music was from because like I had heard it before. I I remember texting Nathan Johnson who had already seen it. I was like, dude, what is this from? Um, And I I figured it out. I was proud of myself and because there was a reason I started crying. And and it's because that music played. I started crying because they cut to the fucking oh, end and of the, Clone oh, yeah, Wars, the and they end, were like, yeah. "Let's see if the <laughs> trading like, comes in handy." And I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> yeah. And it's great because I always wonder, like, dude, this is kind of ridiculous that she's blocking this many. Like when I first saw that that episode, I was like, "I get it, it's animation. She's a Jedi. I'll believe it, whatever." But then they do this. It's like, holy crap! Yeah, it's just it's so good. Uh, speaking of the music, the um, the. The soundtrack is out, and if oh, you're a good. follower of my Star Wars Scorebangers playlist on Apple Music and maybe Sp- maybe Spotify, I don't know if I've updated that one, uh, you can bet your sweet little ass it's about to be updated with some dope Kevin Kiner yeah. glory there's from some, this. There's some good stuff, and there was a lot of different musical stuff, because on like, the first episode, <sighs> you had a lot of these like very like, natural like xylophone like, tones. Yeah, very yeah. tribal-esque. Yeah. Um, you were mentioning, Klein, that you would like to see that this is such a good format because you can do whatever you want. You can have mm-hmm. just follow any Jedi. 
At what do point, you want to see on the next installment of Tales of the Jedi? I would like to get out of prequel land, and I would like to maybe see some like maybe Luke Skywalker, like because we didn't get a lot of Master oh, Luke Skywalker. I would like to see maybe him do something. Uh, I think it could be cool to even do stuff in the sequel trilogy, maybe where we we get like a early Ray Jedi thing. Um, I just and keep it all in the Clone Wars style because I just it is it is beautiful. But I I want to see more outside of the sequel trilogy, or maybe even give me more Ahsoka. Like give me more of that between Episode three and four, uh, sometime before Rebels. Okay, Jack Jack. Uh, first thing that popped in my head was Quinlan Voss and Asajj Ventress, Dark Disciple. <sighs> the events of that. Um, give me some Kane and Jarrus. Yeah. Kanan would be cool. Like what happened Jack. after Bad Batch, um, and yeah, I, I agree with Klein. I want to. I want to get out of the prequels. I'm sorry, Thomas. I, I knew. <laughs> I knew I'd get you. Fucker. Um, but uh, I would love to get out of the prequels and go to Luke. Uh, I would love to go to Ray. I mean, because there's time gaps in there that you can you can do so much, and they've done it in the comics. But uh, change it up, do something different, like or, or repeat the comics, whatever you want to do. But I would. Or love what about to see like an? What about like an? Uh, a young, young Obi Wan Anakin, like a between Episode One and Two yes. Obi Wan. Anakin. Oh my god! Yeah, cool. I want. I, I want. Yes, that I. There is a great comic called Anakin and Obi Wan, or Obi Wan and Anakin. I don't remember how it is, but it's those two, and it is. Um, I don't want an Obi Kin. Exactly. Yes. And it is um, the story of them going to some planet and doing something or whatever. Mm. I don't remember the full, That's but it's, the best. The best part of it was that was the last mission before Anakin was going to leave the Order, uh, which was something Dooku or I mean uh, Palpatine was pushing for him to do. And he's like, well, if you leave the Order, what will you do? And he's like, well, you can train elsewhere. And he's like, I don't know. Maybe I just don't want to do that. Maybe I want to help people in my own way. I want to help people in my own way. Um, well, you boys know where I'm going to go on this sentence, don't you? Um, on my, where I want to go in the next installment of Tales of the Jedi. <laughs> For I turned out to be a Jedi. World between time. worlds. I do. Okay, thank you, Klein. I do actually would not mind po that. Poe Jedi. Oh, did I just break this? Uh, je, uh, Finn, oh, Finn oh, Jedi. Finn Jedi. Is that where you're going, Thomas? No, but that's good, too. I want to go to the High Republic because there uh, are yes. a litany. I think of I think characters. they need to start doing other High Republic TV shows before they ever touch that in the in a Tales of the Jedi sort of fashion. Nope. You don't I... debut it. You don't debut it on TV that way. The Acolyte. Okay, that's what, be, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying like they need to like. Uh, I think we gotta action, get we gotta like, get some stuff. We gotta get some some okay. high republic things before we get well, tales then, of the Jedi. When did when did remind me? When did season seven of Clone Wars end? 2020? Yeah. Two years later is when we got Tales of the Jedi, and we didn't yeah. hear about it until 2021. They've said they're working on a season two of Tales of the Jedi, but we've got zero understanding of a release date. Remind me, did Bad Batch debut in 2021? 2020. Yeah. No. Or was it? No, yeah, it was, it was last year. Yeah. And That's it's debuting weird. in 2023. I think we could get the High Republic next on Tales of the Jedi. Like one of the sagas be something inside the High Republic, but we don't get it until after the Acolyte comes out. Yeah. Later okay. in 2024. Okay. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. I will say two. one more name. Yes. 
Hit me. Cal Kestis. You son of a bitch! Ah, <laughs> I love you. I was wondering if you were going to bring him up, so I went to you first. But uh, yes, Cal fucking Kestis. We are yeah. running short on time. We got to hop from Talking Tales of the Jedi right on into Andor Candor. Thoughts and feelings on episode nine. Nobody's listening. That's how I. That's how I read the the thing this morning when it was four o'clock in the morning, and I was trying to. That's read how the title. I did too. <laughs> I was uh, like, "What the fuck is there an exclamation point in this yeah, title?" I loved it. Uh, Clyde, would, would you, you rather th- have been a question mark? Nobody. No, just it? leave it. You don't need anything. I, I like. Uh, here's my brief thoughts. I, I think ellipses point. ellipses would have been great. Nobody's. Listening. Listening. Dot, dot, dot. Klein, what did <laughs> you think of the episode? What did I think of episode yeah. nine? Yeah. Uh, like, I think that it was intense as hell. Like, I think that this might have been the most tense and, like, tension-filled episode so far. And we've had episodes where, like, they literally rob an Imperial vault. Like, I, especially the whole anything to do with the, the ISB and the the interrogations and stuff like that like it was tense um and the prison stuff got super intense as well i liked it uh i will say and then i'll move on like this was the closest i think i've seen the empire to like the closest to nazis that i've ever seen just like the whole interrogation tactics and everything and like it felt very cold war or world war ii like mm-hmm um war prisoners it doesn't feel like star wars but i love it 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 doesn't feel like stars but it also feels like so inherently like star wars which is a little bizarre it Um, feels like it fits in star wars i love it i I think that everyone in the show is acting their fucking faces off like everyone is just so good whether it's from searle to the entire prison gang andy circus the mon mothma and her whole crew like everyone is just like just given that they're all and i i appreciate the hell out of it what did you think thomas i fucking loved it they the they literally drag me along on a string every week and i'm like i don't know where this is going and then it gets to a point and i'm like man like this is gonna be crazy credits what the frack i should know this i'm watching the time as i watch i'm looking over at the clock going i have two hours until i have to be at work i should know when an episode's gonna end Today's episode was just a roller coaster of a lot of different emotions. We got a lot of little, like a, a sentence here and a sentence there tells you so much of what's going on in the bigger world outside of the four or five characters we're focused on this episode. Um, and I woke up feeling weird. I'm going to go on a real a side tangent here. I had a dream last night and it was... Mon Mothma speaking in the Senate. She was talking about the overreaches of the PORD. And there Such was a funny little poured. Hold on. There was an a uh, there was a an emergency session called the day before she was supposed to do it. And you go in and Palpatine, straight up Ian McDermott, is there and he looks over in his human, you know, guise of being like like he used to look as chancellor and he's like right at mon mothman just smiles evilly and then they start rising senators off the floor one by one and questioning them of treason 
And Mon Mothma is like, it's like, who here has been a part of us? Who here? I will blah, blah, blah. And they're going after all the people who have like opposed Palpatine ever. And Mon Mothma stands up and goes, this is like, this is what you want. Look around you. This is where treason starts. I am the one who have done it, essentially. And on the title screen of Disney Plus in my dream was this is where the treason starts. And then it led right on into the episode 18 of season three of Rebels. This is my official prediction. I predicted some shit right on accident. This is one. We're going to get a scene. Something along those lines. Not so much like the lava that was there. It was very Mustafar vibes inside the center. It didn't make sense. But <laughs> Mon Mothma is going to stand up and say something that is essentially like, this is where it starts. This is where it ends. Blah, blah, blah. Where the fun blah, begins. This is where the treason begins. Sorry. Uh, I give this episode a lot of high scores. That was my tangent, Jack Jacko. <laughs> All good, Thomas. I I, I I agree with you. I think we got a version of that in Rebels. I think we'll see a version of it uh, in this show. Um, I thought this episode was good, not great. Like, it didn't have me... Um, what's the way to put it? It didn't have me, like, going... I wasn't going crazy about it, like I was for seven or eight. Um, but, I mean, there's still a ton of love. Andor's crushing every week. It's so, it's so consistent. It is, it um, is consistent, if not anything. Yeah. That's what yeah. has blown me away. There's been no That's, real... It's what I love. Yeah, exactly. And and we've gotten that a lot in Star Wars, like every Star Wars show. There's always some kind of dip. Um, Looking at you, Scooter Squad. uh, (laughs) No, wait, that's my favorite episode. Just kidding. Um, You're a really big fan of them getting their own spinoff. You said that earlier, bringing them in to the big event. Anyway, sorry, Jack, continue. (laughs) Nothing is happening in this show, but the show makes it feel like everything is happening. Does that make sense, guys? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's so much about a lot of it the, is just two people talking yeah, in a room. And, and like the daily things that like like yes, there's a rebellion and it's kind of being built right now, or it's kind of there, there's a network, but you're seeing like Mon Mothma's having a conversation with Tay Coma about financials. It not it's not even really about the rebellion, it's about like just making oh, yeah. sure that the Empire doesn't see it. And it's great, and I'm hanging mm-hmm. on every single word. Um so I, I love that aspect of it. Like that's what's keeping me in this show. Um, uh, it's a credit to the writing um, and the overall creative team. Uh, Klein mentioned it: the terror of the empire. It's it, you feel it. It's not just some stormtrooper who can't shoot. And like we get a lot in like Rebels or something, or even the original trilogy, we actually see what they're capable of outside of just like the Sith, like like yeah. Vader, Vader, and the Emperor. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll dive more into that as we get into the plot. But like. I, I thought the yeah the interrogation the way that they're talking about people's lives like they're literally nothing mm-hmm. and, and saying oh yeah we can kill them this way no we can't kill them that way well let's kill them this way and then there's another guy who's like oh, I just want to hang them just because you, know, you know screw that guy um, it's yeah. it's horrifying um, I care a lot uh, well I cared a lot about a particular prison uh, prisoner which was Olaf um, shout out to I, Olaf I, I, I want to call him Olaf I might shout just out to that whole Olaf. table man because they see yeah. Olaf is struggling and Andor's like we need to switch and then I love the moment where Circus comes over and he's like what are you doing and Andor points to the other guy who was like what are we what are we doing yeah and Andy Circus goes like good on you like great idea and they're just like these guys are bros well 
in in the moment when he's passing out and they try to keep him up and they try to hide it to make sure no one sees like that was heartbreaking to me mm, i was like that was tough damn like this this fucking sucks why and they do they care do about that him. why do they not want them to see that he's weak is it because they don't want to be a man he, down to no, have, it's, like, we'll get there but it's because of what happened on level two. Oh, yeah because it was after i thought it was because they weren't on program or like he wouldn't have been on program that, but be, but because of what happened on level. Okay, two, I, see, I see what you're saying. Like, I see what you're saying. If if he goes off program, everybody gets off program, and if he goes right. off program, and he that and their team players like they like him. Everybody oh, there for likes sure. him, so they want to protect sure. him from the empire. Even Kino looks at him and is like, "All right, yeah, he's, he's well, hidden, so that's what matters." So I'm. I have a thought on Kino specifically about Olaf later on. Um, but oh, yeah, there are yeah. some things that I don't care for in, in this episode. The exclamation point being one of them. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into that later on, but it's still, I mean, like it, I, I don't think it was great, but and or this show is just Jack. It's, it's the smartest can, Star Wars show. Can I, I say something on. before we get into like the synopsis? Yeah. I, we haven't given this person her flowers yet. And I just, this episode oh. really cemented it for her. Or for me, shout out to Denise Gao or Denise Go. Yep. She plays yep. or um, Goff. Deidre. Oh, hard to say. She plays uh, Deidre Miro, the ISB agent. Yeah. Like, she's been great in every episode. Um, I don't know why it was this episode where I was just looking at her face and I'm like, she looks evil and she continues to look evil. And it's, She's doing a great job. I uh, just, I we've talked about pretty much everyone else in the series. I just want to give her a shout out because the way she furrows her upper lip to just show yes. her top teeth is like oh, it's kind of terrifying. And like when she has that conversation with Searle outside of the office, and she's like, "Are you stalking me?" At no point was I worried for her. At no point did I think, "Man, this creepy stalker dude is following you, and you're gonna get hurt." It was more like, "Man." I feel bad for that creepy stalker because she looks like she could beat the shit out of him right now. <laughs> I, oh my God, I love that. Let's go ahead and jump right on back to Ferrix. Miro runs down Bix with information that's new to us. Uh, summing it up, Pac went to a separatist meeting and met with an unknown woman, obviously the beautiful Clea. And it leads to a bunch of back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it ends with, you're not going to believe me, are you? And about telling the truth. And Miro leans in and says, no, I suppose not. Then we find out that a coral of agonized, a coral agonized pleading of Dizonites, uh, Dizonitean children, I guess is how you'd say it, is used to torture Bix until she gives up. The guy in charge of Ferrix wants to hang Pac as a reminder of who's in charge. Thoughts on Ferrix, fellas? Uh, I thought this this was incredible. Specifically, the sound design when they put it on her, it like it blocks out any other like senses, and it zooms in on her eyes. In the intensity in Bix's eyes, um, I forget the actress's name, but like you feel everything, and then her screams. So, like they suck out all the sound, and then it's just that horrific scream you didn't need um, to hear the like whatever was in her headphones which i love no you and, yeah. and you leave it up to the imagination because look not only does it clearly have some kind of scientific effect on their brain but it's also like she's listening to children dying of this alien species which is like the god it's so fucked up and the way this doctor just so casually talks about it like fuck you i dude. love how much i love he is he was the most like nazi to me 
the way he's yep. talking about it and like it sounds like he's getting off on it he's just it's, like it's he's like, like uh, yeah like these people they they were there and they all died and we recorded the sounds and and the children they have a a particularly like their screams have a particularly like terrible effect it's like on Christoph Waltz and yeah. Glorious Bastards yeah when he's talking about like you know Jews being rats and like what do you do when there's rat like it's just instinct to kill the rat and it's just like bro this is horrifying shit yeah. right now mm-hmm. and um, this was the perfect guy they cast the absolute oh. perfect human for this like he looks like I'm like this he walks in the room and I'm like this fucker like I'm just like I hate this guy <laughs> there's one shot in particular, like when they put the headset on her and the camera zooms away and the door shuts and the camera pans down and it starts following uh, an Imperial guy's feet walking away. Direct nod to A New Hope when Vader is uh, about to torture Leia with a mind probe. It's the exact same shot. They zoom out, the door shuts, it pans down and the guy walks away. I saw that. I was like, hey, like this show is not about fan service at all, but it's just little things like that. It's like, hey, they're still doing the thing. They got it. That's my comment. Love it. Let's jump from Ferrix to the ISB. Miro updates Partagas and the supervisors. Uh, revealing that Bix told her everything. Her subordinate, this is a little note to me, seems to be a little bit zealous in making maneuvers. I already don't trust that guy. He's making it worse. Marva, to sum up all the shit they talk about, is the bait on Ferrix because she's too frail to handle interrogation. Cyril waits outside, like Klein was mentioning, to thank Miro about his promotion. What a sweet guy. He is mildly stalking her, though, and he wants I know, to thank I, her, well, but I, whoa, I love is it the creepy. Line where he says something. She's like, have you been waiting? Is, oh, I just come by to see if I'll see you. And it's like, you're dude. Like, don't tell yeah. her that. <laughs> and it, I, she goes to walk away, and he reaches out, and he's like, we want the same thing. I sense it. I know it. I feel it. And I'm like, first off, dude, stop using the dark side. I, thought they, I thought they were gonna like. I thought they were gonna partner up, buddy, buddy, right there. I was like, oh, okay, okay. Oh, I thought she was gonna punch him in the face. So oh, I'm glad we were. I, part of me was like the the fan, like, yes, I want these characters to be on the same team because then it'll be really hard to like get away. It creates better storytelling. Was like, yeah, join him, or I guess allow him to join you it, and then but i was also like punch him in the fucking face it felt kind of like romantic a little bit vibes for me because yeah i got because that. and matt pointed this out uh, on the direct podcast when he was like oh, she is You're the manifestation right? of like everything i i said it i think last week with you guys he is turned on straight up by law and order like there's no doubt about it. like he and, gets and off cereal on a lot he a loves lot. cereal well, it's kind of his name but like she's the manifestation of that like she is law and order to him and it's it, i don't know this this didn't quite work for me um i just kind of thought it was weird i don't it didn't work for me just in the sense i don't know what angle they're playing because if they are playing the romantic mm. stuff and that it could happen between them then i don't want that but if it is where she's firmly like no thank you like you're weird get away from me jack's always jack's it's because jack's always I, been the one waiting outside the office for someone to come out he's never yeah. been the one who's had someone wait for him. Oh. i Damn i honestly think jack it, <laughs> it won't so be defeated. i'm so sorry <laughs> but the, the other thing i don't like about it real quick is just because the stuff with cyril karn for me at this point has taken a little too long like i think like each like it's just a little 
I just don't know. I don't. I, I see where you're coming no, from. I just I, don't yeah. know where they're going with right. it. Right. Well, thing. I, got I have I know. no doubt that, like, look, I have full faith in the show that they're going to capitalize on everything they're setting up with him. It's just for me okay. personally, they're taking a little too long to do it. Yeah, it is a slow they, burn that I do think in repeat watches where I can just immediately pick up the next episode, it will feel more satisfying. Yeah. Yes. I, I agree with that. What it's quote unquote taking too long. We're getting two scenes a week with him at this point. And that is one because, always with a bowl of cereal and the other getting berated by a woman. So in this week, two scenes being berated by a woman. I really don't like his fucking mom. I want to slap her so bad. Worst. And yet there are people thirsting after her Ew. on Twitter and I don't get it. I'm sorry. I'm cool. I'm fine. Let's go back to Cyril and his future. Um, he's not necessary in any way, shape, or form in the story, in the plot. He's there. People, I've seen some people be like, why is he here? It's because he's currently ancillary and he will eventually become back to supporting, possibly even uh, main in terms of what he's going to do. Once, spoiler alert, they break out of prison and his face gets seen again, then Cassie and Andor will then be hunted and Cyril will then be of use for sure especially when Dedra is being cornered by her little fucking subordinate uh we'll name him Chad piece of shit uh because fucking Chad uh that's where it's going that's that's my official prediction Miro is going to be backed into a corner by her subordinate is going to need actual help from someone she can trust who she knows is on her side of law and order. And I don't think Cyril is at all turned on by her. Honestly, I think he's asexual. Let's finish up this part. Miro Mm. then finds out they've captured a rebel pilot using an Imperial masking unit. One of Anto Krieger's group from last week. They don't think Krieger knows Uh, about the capture so if they destroy the ship and kill the pilot and make it look like it's a mechanical issue then they can track it to their base that ends the isb jack klein any thoughts on that point no it just kind of repeated thoughts of it it shows how terrifying they are literally just playing with this guy's life and saying like oh let's just do it like this no let's kill him like this oh let's frame it like this it's 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 just it reminded me of you're seeing it reminded me you're of the seeing godfather. the chess being played yeah it reminded me yeah. of the godfather because there's a line in the godfather where um i had to bring up there's a line when uh, yes. michael corleone yes. tells k or, or he's talking about like he's kind of defending his father and it's like look then in power like sometimes people have to get hurt they have to get killed and he mentions presidents and senators and she goes michael presidents and senators don't have men killed and he goes who's being naive k and it's just like that. That is literally this. This is people in power in the, in our world. People will be naive and choose not to believe it, or we just accept it because it's just kind of how it's the world works in a way. People in power are just going to use that power to, you know, either do what they want or possibly, kind of like in a Game of Thrones way, do what's good for the realm. And that's a whole topic of like what is really good and what is really bad. So that's how Game of Thrones gets brought. That's up. I don't even think that's how I wanted to bring it up, but yeah, <laughs> it works there too. <laughs> um, let's jump to the rebellion. This is honestly like a really br- quick breeze to talk about Very for quick. this episode. Uh, in general, in my opinion, the whole episode is pretty brief to talk about. There's not a lot of like the most prediction I had was the Cyril Miro, and we already wrapped that up. Rebellion, Mon Mothma. 
so remember how I mentioned my dream? I was losing my shit when this started because I was like, is oh. it going to happen? I was just, I was, it was four in the morning. It's so confused. cool. Every time we go back to the Senate chambers, I love I'm like, it. Ah, oh, I know that ooh, place. I noticed that they have the Imperial Signia on yeah, the, right uh, on the chamber now. And I was like, ooh, that's a nice I think fucking there terrible was touch. someone in like where the emperor would be or like his guy would like there was someone in that center there was somebody was, there yeah i'm like oh, there was a it was probably palpatine and we just was it him i in. thought i assumed it was him that would that'd be cool. i didn't even see look. that there was a, a a stick figure there but apparently there was i'm just gonna assume there was, was only like one Pals. or two really wide shots that right. you got and you could like barely see there was somebody there I was so focused on Genevieve O'Reilly's beautiful face that I did not give a fuck mm. about ugly raisin She's Palpatine awesome. down there. She is awesome. What is she doing? She's pleading her case on the Senate floor for the repeal of the P.O.R.D. Only to find out her cousin is in town later on. I skipped a bunch. Yeah, who the fuck cares? <laughs> who is the cousin? Bum, bum, bum. Val! Also, uh, Lida, Lida does say, Dad lets me do whatever I want. And I just want to say, fucking rude. We don't, that's why we don't like Lida. Um, she gets a new dress, though. Listen, that was a banging ass dress. I like gold. It was very, very Aisha. Uh, from also, Guardians what of the about Galaxy. it was because mom's like, oh, dad will never let you wear it. And then it came out and I was like, oh, I was expecting something a little like, I don't know. Stimpier. I was like, why wouldn't dad? Why wouldn't dad let you wear that? That's just a normal dress. He is the I mean, cool dad gold. too. Like she's the one who is the cool dad. Will let me do it. Yeah. Oh, well, if your dad go talk to your dad then. Yeah. So uh, anyways, fuck her. Um, okay. Well. <laughs> Val kills. Uh, oh my God. I read this sentence. and was like, what? Val kills Perrin with the utmost sarcasm that he does not get i have two questions one is rhetorical one is i want a, an actual answer am i in love with her rhetorical obviously no what she doesn't have weird tendrils coming out of her head so obviously and she's not, not great <laughs> we can fix that <laughs> they I don't mean, have to uh, be green that's we found they, that out remember the fleshy one from the green is where equal opportunity <laughs> equal opportunists on the colors make them purple green blood red pale Thomas, white what's like your other question interest <laughs> What are the ramifications of the reveal that Mon Mothma and Vel are related? What do you think? We'll start with you, Jack. Oh, shit. That's a good question. Um, Thank you. The ramifications of this. Uh, I think Vel at some point is going to die. And Mon Mothma, it's going to, I don't know what it'll do to Mon Mothma besides just push her deeper into the, the rebellion. I, th I think Vel is going to, whether it's this season or next season, I think she's going to be a goner at some point. And, yeah, I don't really know. I haven't thought about it. I just have to think about that one a little bit more. I do want to say, though, Game of Thrones, Who the actress who plays Vel, does anyone know her name off the top of their head? Nope. Research department, please. Who does she play in Game of Thrones, guys? Anybody? A dragon. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Game Faye, of Thrones? Faye Marseille is her name. Faye Marseille. That's cool. And... She is the one training Arya. Oh yeah, in the rival. Yeah, yeah. I was cool. blown away. And thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matt Remke, for telling me that. But yeah, uh, sorry, Thomas. To your question, I, I don't really know. Besides the fact, I do think Bell's gonna die, and it's it it's gonna it's gonna be tough on Mon Mothma because I feel like there are a few people in the world that really get Mon, 
in, in her purpose and what she's doing. And Vel is one of them. I did like the reveal though as a whole, but uh, to Matt Remke's point that he made, um, the way they, the blocking of it and the way they shot it, like it wasn't much of like, they didn't play it as a big reveal. It was just like, Oh wait, is that I didn't Del know it was a reveal. Room? I didn't, I didn't realize that until now that they, who we were talking about. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> exactly. I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Who you you asked the question, what ramifications? I'm like, what do you mean? It's her cousin. Like that's, she's helping her. And then I looked up Vel and I was like, Oh, <laughs> Oh yeah. We know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> that's what and that's why we saw her meet with Clea. And I think that's the mm, yes. only reason we saw like they set up Cinta still being around. They set up her wanting to kill Andor, but really it was so that we could see her all beautified right. as mm-hmm. a motherfucking Shandrill and Senator's family member. I'm happy that they waited till now to reveal it though. Like take again, Same. take your time with it. Like that's not something we need to know right away. Let's get to know her first and and see what she's all about and who she is, her motivations, and then you get this reveal. It's really cool. And I, I think, again, like the Saw Gerrera thing, like we knew that was coming. This is like the first, like, it is very, and <laughs> it is a very Andor thing to do to not play up like a reveal like this. It's just like she, Mon Mothma walks mm-hmm. into a room and there's her cousin. Oh, wait, it's Vel. Cool. And, you know, that just, to me, that kind of summarizes what Andor has been. And I think for the better. Yeah. I think I was the only one who was like, holy fucking shit, it's Val. Oh, I freaked out. It um, just wasn't like a moment okay. played up by like the director of like, she like door gotcha. opens and Val's right there. It's like, no shit. I was just like, oh, that's like, man, Lee's got a cool aunt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was just yeah. like, oh, cool. We're that's like, why she's if you, helping Mon Mothma. I love you, Klein. Klein when, Klein, when you go back and rewatch it, you'll totally understand the whole dinner scene where it's like, oh, you're finding a husband? I don't really think that's much for my taste and all that good shit. Cause and what a dick, by the way, talking chicks. about she's too old oh. or something. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, yeah, you'll need a fucking widow. All the good ones are gone by your age. And it's what like, oh, okay, well. with you? Yeah, yeah, Dick. yeah, dude. This husband yeah. needs to die. Okay, like I, I don't wish I'm, death on a lot of people, honestly, but like, <laughs> I'm hoping he does die. I I hope he dies, and it's not he leaves her. I hope Mon. Uh, leaves you Mon Mothma. what? I hope Mon kills him. <gasps> what if he like because he finds he out finds out, and that's yeah. like something that she yeah. has to do, and that's like her that's some breaking bad. That's some breaking one. bad tension. I'm into that. Oh, oh my guys, did we just like did we just guys, crack the code? <laughs> Dude, no, we didn't. Gilroy, let us write the but finale. I know you're still putting um, it together. All right, so let's wrap this up. Part uh, this part up. Mon tells Vel to be a spoiled rich girl for a while, then asks what we have done. I love, Vel it, says, I love when they tell me to do that. Yeah, we've chosen a side to make something of our lives. Then she leaves. Very sad. Uh, anyways, moving on. Take Homa. This scene, Jack, I am going to need you to break down a little bit of what the fuck they were saying because I watched it multiple times just to try and get down what they were saying. Here's what I got from that whole scene. Davil Skulden is the only way to get the money. He wants a meeting with Mon in Coruscant, and he's basically the godfather. That's how I understood that scene, but I didn't understand the numbers and the logistics of why they needed him. It, it, It so... I wish I, I wish I rewatched it like this scene right before we started the podcast. So my understanding of it was she has spent money on the rebellion and mm-hmm. it's either one of two things. She needs to show to banks and to auditors uh, who go over these kind of accounts to make sure that that money is present in her account or else, so they won't get suspicious. Um, and I forget the second thing that I thought it could be, <laughs> but basically she, her accounts are going to get audited 
and she needs to prove that she has that money. And they, yeah, they got to gotta go to a godfather who is probably a dick, a horrible human being, whatever else, um, to get that loan for just the time being to show that the money is there. So it's just auditing. It's accounting. That, that was my understanding of it. I hate accounting, by the way. Okay. That explains exactly why I didn't understand it. It was numbers, but not with words that I could comprehend. Um, do you have anything to say on this here, Klein, about the monies? No, I, I like it's just another interesting aspect. I love I've talked about it before. I love the whole Mon Mothma stuff and I like seeing the what it takes to put together a revolution. Oh, and yeah, I, I like I love like I love this all like we've got to figure out the money and yeah. we need like sometimes you got to partner with people who don't really like if you want to change things. The minutia. They're the people like this exactly. is like, like like I love this is the nittiest of nitty gritty and I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's like I picture like zooming in on a picture and just keep zooming in and zooming in. It's just like this never is, ends. This would be like this would be like learning about like the financials of like the Avengers and like I, I kind of want it, but I also don't really need Until it. Until it kind of like blows your brain too much and it's fried. That's happened to me in a few Like do they have classes. salaries? What kind of pension plan does Falcon have? Like what are your these healthcare are the things benefits? that I want to know. Exactly. What yeah, kind of dental yeah. is Scarlet Witch going at? What, what, how much PTO do I get? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or is it an on-call thing? Do they even yeah. have like guaranteed hours? Like it feels Mon like Mothma it is. goes to recruit. Imagine like in that Rogue One Jin or so scene when they're recruiting Jin and she starts asking those questions. She's just <laughs> like, what are my benefits? I know you guys can do better when it comes to like parking stall yeah. and stuff. <laughs> Did you go? Uh, I saw Saul Guerrero. Uh, he 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 seems to be doing well. I mean, despite everything he's been through, I, I'd like his plan, please. <laughs> he's not involved in the uh, rebellion. I'm sorry oh, about that. What's your pet insurance <laughs> for the Borgellet? <laughs> I hear Andor has a free gym membership. Oh, gonna... How do I get on that plan? <laughs> yes. Uh, you say you want a revolution, but we're going to prison anyway. Olaf has 49 days left on his. His 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 uh, lease on his sentence. Thank you. That's the fucking word. Thank you. I appreciate it. And he's losing his marbles, just like me, and edging on death. Not me. And delirium. Oh, I was gonna say just me. like you. <laughs> no, not for the death, but definitely the delirium. Taga says uh, there. We're jumping ahead. Taga says there's an issue on level two. Kino Loy knows what's happening with the signals here, with the, the the American Sign Language that's going on, but hasn't been doing anything about it. So that's nice to see. I thought he was just a boot camp, you know, whips whip cracker, but he actually is also just like a prisoner. He just doesn't give a fuck what they're doing as long as they work and he gets out. I like that. Good good side to see. I wonder if this Kino Loy is going to turn around. Um, Andor tries to get info about the guards and the levels uh, from Kino, but to to no avail. He just shuts down then we find out the issue on level two was that unit two five they had everyone fried on the this reveal is like in the hallway awesome yeah a hundred men dead and kino starts to freak out about them killing because and i quote the other shift leader they thought they were causing trouble so he starts freaking out about that, which, I mean, fair. That's why he's been on everyone's ass this entire time. And now the idea is, is long, if, as long as they think you're causing trouble, then you can be killed. Uh, and it only takes one person, one bad apple to kill the whole bunch. 
we're going to fast forward a little bit more. We did talk about um, Olaf like spazzing out and clearly he was shaking and he couldn't hear and he was looking worse and worse and worse. And I mean, he started to remind me of Palpatine for a little bit. I'm not going to lie with those dark red eye circles, but he, they, you know, they, they keep him on program and it's right after this scene that Olaf goes down in the hallway. Um, Kino tries to get help, uh, tries to help him. He gets a med tech coming in and the mass uh, mentions that he's had a massive stroke. It's Andor and Kino. They're helping him out. The med tech doesn't want to know his name. Doesn't want to know anything. He's not my brother. He's not this. Because the med tech is going to euthanize him. Andor and Kino begrudgingly hold Olaf down so that he could die. And there's a line. And I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head that the med tech says. And he says, listen, we're all dead now. It's better. If he went out a much more peaceful way than any yeah. of us are going to go out. After he dies, Kino asks, which Andor's been asking this whole time, mind you. Kino then asks what happened on two. A man released from four ends up back on two. Word got out on the floor. Then they all fried. That's the exact quote. So just the word getting out was enough for everyone to be killed. Andor asks, nobody's getting out, are they? Not now. Not after this. They get up and they walk away. Andor asks the same question he's been asking. Kino says, there are never more than 12 guards on each level. And Kino Loy is in, baby! And I, uh, I'm i not going to lie. I was pitching a tent when that happened. My, oh, my good I was little too, rebel man. heart. Okay. Well, my good little rebel heart was like, oh! we're in it now we're in for a prison break and i cannot wait to see who survives and who dies i mean spoiler alert melshi lives but everybody yeah. else up for debate i i Jack jumped Jack. up and gave a fist pump in this moment like i was like let's go like damn right that's how you're gonna end this episode um this ending was is not was it is the moment of this episode by far like that like there could be some like better scenes with a little bit more tension or whatever. No, 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 no. This is the one. Um, and yes, this show is slow. I've even said that. Um, and sometimes it's a complaint. Sometimes it's a good thing. In this case, it's a good thing because some shows are slow and there's really no payoff for it. But the writers and directors use the slow pacing to meticulously build character dynamics, meaningful depth in the overall environment that the show is taking place in. And for Kino's arc in this episode, like it's incredible because everything in this prison for Kino is structured it's static you wake up you do your job you follow the rules and then your sentence is up and he respects those who follow it as well and i like he's genuinely excited for Olaf because he's like yeah man you're about to get out of here but then andor someone like andor comes in and challenges all of it and he and andor's trying to wake him up to reality and he resists and resists until he can't deny it anymore and i think this arc was just so well executed and this is why you cast andy circus in this kind of role because if because you get this kind of moment and you can like he almost it's like Gollum coming out of Smeagol in, in Lord of the Rings like there's a moment after he dies and he hears it he's like what the fuck happened on level two and his eyes are so like intense and it's like God I mean this is where this show just excels for me I loved 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 it yeah I love the twist like this is a typical um, Andy Serkis's character Kino is like a typical 
kind of character that you would find in like World War II fiction or Cold War fiction where you're in this work camp and there is the the prisoner that is the head of a group of prisoners and he is just there. He's like, you know what? Like he has the he's naive to the fact that he is going to get out. Like like that's that is the thing that's driving him. And he's naive to the fact that he's stuck there, I guess. Um and everyone else has not realized it, but they are kind of like, oh, yeah, when we get out. But he is like, if I do good, if I'm in charge, if I keep these guys working, He's trying to like, convince himself. no one, exactly, no revolts, nothing. Like, I'm going to finish my sentence and be able to go live on my life. And he tells Ulof, he's like, how many days he got left? And he was like 21 or whatever. He's like, we just have to get him through 21 more days. Um, and then this whole reveal where his whole reality just shatters right there where it's like wait wait what like what do you mean the the sentence was up and he went elsewhere and then they killed everyone like it just and and now oh we're never getting out of here like that's such a that is like a twist just like completely rooted in this historical fiction that i love and i love like this is just it's so well executed and it is ultimately yeah it is the thing that it is the can't the the straw that breaks the camel's back. Like he's like, you know what? Like we gotta do this, and it's exciting. Like I I'm very excited to see what this what this looks like, what this means. Um, is it a one episode thing? Is it like I'm I just can't wait for a prison break. Like these this is gonna be so much fun. They should make a show called Prison Break, all about prison breaks. I feel like they should do that. Like, I, why have they not done this before, Klein? That's what yeah, I want to know. Maybe they should put it on Fox. Star Wars is very you know, nice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, Star Wars used to be owned by Fox. They should just put it on Fox, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Times maybe, better, then. maybe use the world between worlds to get it there. I don't know. He did it. I absolutely love everything. I, I can't believe I'm saying this. Last week, I didn't enjoy the prison stuff, and I loved everything else. This week, I love the prison stuff. I was so invested in these characters. I mean, anything with Mon Mothma, obviously, is my favorite stuff. I wasn't that interested in the ISB stuff. You know, I was here for the story of the guys in prison. Like, my boys, my boys in prison. Watching the build <laughs> stuff is so satisfying. Listen, as somebody who loves to build stuff, it really is. I it's just like, I like so seeing much. people do just like the same, like, tiny actions over and over again and that's what it is they're just standing there and it's just different conversations over this table the thing comes up they twist it they put the things in they bring down the drill they stack the thing on the next rack and they just that over and over again over and over again i'm twisting this wrench and wrench and wrench again anyway sorry about that i um i, I i'm gonna i think next week we we break out of prison what I love is that last week we saw Andor, we saw Andor analyzing every little thing around him to know what was going on. This week we mm -hmm. see him planning those same things. Look, all right, he comes down, Crazy he's got no shoes on. He's got no shoes. Look, he touched the rail. I thought, I thought he was going to take him out right there because like, he we'll says, oh, we I get him on the way down. And I'm like, wait, this is happening yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sam, and he goes, no. I was and like, oh, shit, like, don't be crazy. They'd stop it halfway up. No, we'd take control. And uh, so beautiful how they're already planning this. And so that way, you know, once once Kino Loy's on, on track, they have the ability. Then the whole room, it's the room against the guards. And there's a, there's a specific point 
in there that they don't need to wear the boots. And I'm pretty certain it's on grape. And if I remember right, right outside of the lift there is a grate. So they're just wearing those boots as a decoy right there because the, the lift is a, a great and um, the entrance to god damn it, it'll hit me the staging area to the room there itself you thank you is also grated so inter interesting I wonder where it's gonna go um, any other thoughts about Narkina 5 no I got none it is Star Wars it Squid Game Star Wars Squid Game Part Two of possibly Part Three. So we we got three episodes left. We got yep. We're ten, eleven, and yeah. twelve. We're finishing up this we'll arc, and then we got the two episode arc that closes it out. The the two episode season finale. Yep. Remember I'm when they announced that this was like a twelve episode series, and we were all like, "Man, that's a lot of episodes." Like, I don't know if they're going to be able to carry this story through that long. And I'm sitting here going, "Like, I want more." Like, yeah. I, <laughs> I could easily go for 15, 18 episodes of this series. Just keep giving this it, to me. It makes me more excited for season two because I genuinely think, in a way, season two is going to be like Star Wars Rebels two point but like in in yes. with the guy, like with the structure that is Andor the show, yeah, and the and the just like and and the tone, yeah, and the uh, drama, of the show, but yeah, yeah. Of like God, yeah, I I think how they go through this season and how like the art carries over to the arc and we can't exactly tell how much time is passing is going to lean in so well that we're only going to know a year has passed because they're going to either put it on the screen or tell us a year has passed. Um, I am the only thing that I struggle with is remembering what episode we're on. That's it. That's my only yeah. point is I can't yeah. remember the episode week we're on. We've well, the other day, because so Gabby hasn't it. been watching this with me, and usually, usually with Star Wars stuff, especially, she watches everything because she really likes it as well. But we haven't, I think we will go back and watch it all. And she asked me the other day, Oh, you're watching Andor. How far, how far is it in? And I'm going, five six like like where are we and it was yeah we were just coming up on nine like it was i was watching the eighth episode <laughs> nice nine it feel well it just it it feels like it's gone by so fast i agree um that is gonna wrap up andor candor episode nine tweet at us your thoughts at reckless rebels r-e-c-k-l-e-s-s-r-e-b-e-l-s Jack, Jack, where can everyone find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Jack Pews. It's P-U-E-S, all one word. Kleino? I'm at the Kleinfelt everywhere, T-H-E-K-L-E-I-N-F-E-L-T, and I host a video game podcast called Controller Club. If you like this, you'll probably like that, so search it up on your favorite uh, podcast service and take a listen. Yeah, what's up, Jack? Well, thank you, Klein, for talking about your podcast, because I guess I have to say, I got to promote the fact that I uh, said it on here. Oh, here we go. I don't even Do they need, need like any that. more promotion? Oh, man. I, <laughs> look, I just want to be nice, okay? I want to be appreciative that they had me on, okay? Um, Coach... David Thompson has been out mm. being a coach and a teacher. Uh, so I've been coming on here and there to do Forming some different the segments guys. to do and or reviews with Matt Ramke on the direct podcast. Um, so please check that out and also check out the direct.com. There's so many brilliant people there that I truly, truly love. 
and they do amazing work. And I will say, I will say, David and Matt and the Direct Podcast, they catch a lot of strays on the show. I throw a lot of shade, but I do love them dearly, and I do think that they are doing amazing work. And you and wonder the why podcast, they won't have you back. The Direct Podcast, because they're, I'm, I'm too good. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, Retweet, you know? fuck yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, like the KF Army will come out in droves, but um i i yeah they are they're awesome what was i saying yeah i was praising them heaping giving them their flowers yeah it well and yes. giving yourself a little ego boost <laughs> as well if we all, hey, it's the mountain dew it's, it's the mountain it's just dew. it's yeah the dew it gives me a whole lot of because otherwise you know oh it does um you can find me on twitter at tc rochester act that is t-c-r-o-c-h-e-s-t-e-r-a-c-t and shout out to ben at ben casual bell uh he tweeted ah. at me this morning that uh, and i quote i've been on and off on Andor, not gonna lie but when this new episode ended i was like oh yeah boys here we go let's go can i give a shout out I got yeah. a DM. I posted me watching Tales of the Jedi yesterday. I got a DM on my Instagram from someone who listens to the show, Matt Deshen. Shout out, Matt. He said he listens. He said he loves the podcast and he's happy. So he was very excited to hear our Tales of the Jedi thoughts. So I hope you enjoyed, Ben. I hope you got your money's worth, which this was free. So And you guys think <laughs> I'm the ego here being on direct podcast. No one DMs me, but whatever. It's fine. I'm not going to lie. I forgot he tweeted at me and not at the show. So that's on me. It took me a while to find it while you guys were talking. I take that back. I take that back. People uh, do tweet at me. People do tweet at you. Nathan Johnson tweeted. Nathan Johnson messaged me about the trade you tried to submit to him. And I told him not to take that because that was huge. Dick. (laughs) I'm not going to allow you to trade an injured guy for Josh fucking Jacobs. Cup. Cup is not injured. Cup. He's day to day. He's playing Cup. this week. He's not injured. Uh, he is not, okay. I will I believe it. I, listen, it's like a Star Wars movie in this league. I'll believe it when I see it. You know how many players have been day to day? Keenan Allen has been day to fucking day. Don't you get me Co- with that shit? Cooper Cup is not injured. I gotta text Nathan now because I feel like I'm day to day every single day. Uh, that's how I feel. Anyways, um, Ben has been tweeting. Tweet me at too. Us I love at you, ben. Reckless Rebels. Yeah, we we, got a, we get a lot wow. of support. He, he's awesome. Uh, and he's again, so I don't know why people are thirsting after Mama Mama Cyril, but I don't like that. Um, please don't do that. Or she's kind of like a like like reptilian. Here's what gets me: is she's such an asshole. Why are you thirsting after that? Thirst after a nice lady like Bix? Come on, hmm. just go after the nice ladies. Nice ladies are nice. The evil ones like the or the, nice the, men. Or the nice. Nice yeah, you know what? I'm sorry. That was very sexist of me. We don't, very, yeah, we don't. That was very sexually orientatious of me. Uh, you do you, and better yet, you do the person that wants to do you. This is going off the rails because uh, consent do you have, is sexy. Consent is the sexiest thing about life itself. Do you guys have any recommendations for the audience? Yeah, we let Jack go first. Yeah, it's to not listen to Thomas for fantasy advice. That's bullshit. I'm so mad. (laughs) (laughs) But guess what? I have AJ Brown now, so I could also throw that his way and see what comes of it. Hey, you can throw him my way, and I'll see what comes of it. I want AJ Brown in all three of my leagues. Okay, I have him in two leagues, and I went 160 and 100, uh, 200 points in those leagues. And in the league I didn't have it, I went 155 and still beat David's Thompson. Why fantasy managers shouldn't worry about Cooper Cup's availability? He's fine. Give me a. Break. I disagree. 
I will give you. You disagree because no you don't want my team getting better because you're scared of me. That's what's happening. I'm scared of you. Listen, we'll of my discuss team. this bullshit after. Well, somehow I am leading the league, by the way. You know how scary that is for me? I don't, I don't like it. No, first I don't, like I don't understand. I don't either. I don't know what's happening. But, um, Klein. Do you have anything to recommend outside of not listening? I do. I watched a, a fun little documentary the other day um, that if you're into sports, if you're into basketball, it just came out <gasps> on HBO. It's 40 minutes long. Okay. It is called 38 in the Garden, and it is a look back at Lynn Sanity, if anyone ever, if anyone remembers that. Um, I do. Fun yeah. little time in 2011. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's short. It's not. I wouldn't call it mind blowing by any means, but it is a fun way to spend 40 minutes if you're into basketball and I am. So I watched that and enjoyed it. I have a lot of recommendations. Two of them Mm. are simple on Peacock, Dracula, the original from 1930s. Um, And no Halloween's over, dude. You don't get to do this. It's Christmas now. Hold on now. Asshole. These are great cinematic. Thanksgiving was at the first week of October, Jack. Don't give me that. Oh, come on. Thanksgiving that was, doesn't that, get it's such a Canadian. That is such a fucking cool pool. But the third thing, Mr. Basketball fan, since you're going to cut out uh, uh, the London werewolf or a uh, werewolf of Lo- werewolf of London. There it is. Not Teen which, Wolf. By the way, oh, that's a good movie. Good which, by the way, was such a tragedy. Uh, that, that one made me really sad. It was very, very sad. It ended very differently. Than werewolf, werewolf of London. Night. Werewolf of London. Yeah. I only know the song, the Warren Zevon, the Werewolves of London. Oh my God. You know what? That was in. Listen, that's my fourth recommendation. Not the song, but um, Color of Money. That's a huge, plays a huge part in a scene of that song, of that film. Color of Money has, um, it's got Tom Cruise. Mm. It's, yeah, it's got. um, Isn't that Scorsese? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Scorsese. And Richard Grant, maybe? That's not it. That's not his name. I can't remember. But Hugh Grant? No, not Hugh Grant. Listen, I would Hugh love Grant to see Hugh Grant in a, in a Scorsese movie. Um, the Redeem Team on Netflix. Oh, so yeah. Good. That's yeah, it's really so good. So fucking good, man. Uh, you just will watch cry. It for the, just watch it for the Kobe Bryant Pau Gasol story because that, is, <laughs> it, blow, it blows so you away. It's so good. Dude. I love that so much. Like that's it's like, oh, there's no way we're losing this fucking game. Like that was the trailer. <laughs> that's through, all they had I'm to show through his for fucking the trailer. chest. It's like yeah. what? What? Chris Bosch. Oh, <laughs> yo, that's a that's a meme gif life message. Next week, we'll we'll be five. It'll be a shorter show. It'll be a shorter show. We're going to dive into Andor, Candor, episode 10. We're also going to have buy or sell the Disney Plus series. Right, Jack? What was it that we were going to do? No, just just all Lucasfilm's in-development projects. (laughs) Buy or sell all the Lucasfilm in-development projects. Thank you, sir. I'm glad that I can't edit out my stupid (laughs) sentence beforehand. Sentience and droids, we've reached the end of this episode. You're welcome. Remember, the Force is your ally and a powerful ally it is. We have spoken. Get some twin sunlight and stay hydrated. This was podcasting. Are you an angel? 
I am an angel. Thank you very much, little Annie. What? That episode. Hey, Jack, guess what? You have what? to do the cold open since you have done most of the notes. Shit. You know what we're covering. I, my cold open won't even be about what we're covering. Um, Scooby okay. dooby doo, the cold open. You better do the cold open. Jack, Jack, it's time to do the cold open. Do the cold open, Jack. And that's the cold open, folks. <laughs> Welcome to Reckless Rebellion. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, God, I don't know. Just talk about the shit. How hot is Searle's mom? We'll talk about it after the jump. Jesus Christ. Kill me. <laughs> <laughs> How do they know what's going on in block five? How do they know? That's really good, actually. That was pretty good. I'm jealous. I can't. I can't, Andy Circus. I've got I a good only... opening line. I've got a good opening line. Jack, come on. Cold open. Come on. Improv, baby. Improv. It's like jazz. Well, Thomas just corner. left. Okay, he's back. <sighs> I was shutting the door. I didn't want you to see my fat belly. Sticky, my tum tum. (laughs) Stop making me laugh. (laughs) Confirmed. Cyril Karn and Law and Order, a match made in heaven. Let's get to it. What? Guys, he's turned on by Law and Order. I said it last week. They're like, literally. TV show. (laughs) What's happening? But, um. No, you know it's funny. I said that on direct podcast, and and Matt started singing the theme. Dum, what should the cold dum, open be? I can't do it, guys. I can't think on the spot. What if that's just our cold open, the Law and Order theme song? Jesus Christ! Prison. Politics and Diego Luna. I couldn't think of a third P word. <laughs> and and Game of Thrones. How will we get to that? We'll see after the jump. I am a Jedi, like my father.